to laugh often and love much, to win the respect of intelligent persons and the affection of children, to earn the approbation of honest citizens and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to give of oneself, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition. To have played and laughed with enthusiasm and sung with exultation. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Words from essayist, lecturer, philosopher, and poet Ralph Waldo Emerson, who led the transcendentalist movement in the 1820s. The core belief of which is the inherent goodness of people and nature. And while society and its institutions have corrupted the purity of the individual, people are at their best when they are truly self-reliant and independent. The words he penned are written on the back of my next guest's Sunday Night Journal, which you can get on her website, auroramsuarez.com. It's one of the many things she swears by, journaling, and I 100% believe her. Aurora Suarez is a certified life and career coach, and I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion on how she made the big switch from the corporate world, acknowledging and accepting different seasons in one's life, and how to help your child carve out a path of their own. I hope you enjoy this eye-opening episode of Mother of Fact. Aurora, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to guest on Mother of Fact. Um, I want to ask first and foremost, how are you doing today? Yeah. Hi, Ricky. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me and hi to everyone listening to this episode. Yeah, no, things are good. It's a, it's a Friday. Yeah. Um, so it's always a great time to end a good week and, you know, start a wonderful weekend. It is. It is. Um, Fridays, of course, are usually the time where, you know, you can just let loose, take off your bra, just put your feet up, Deva, because it's finally the end of a work week yeah. and you have two days to re- recuperate. But you're a mother as well and moms don't have weekends. Well, <laughs> technically we do, but Deva, it's, it's, always, it's always an on-the-go thing. How many kids do you have, Aurora? I only have one. So that is, yeah. So I think maybe I have a bit more time. She's already 12, very independent. So I think I'm in that happy space of Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe, yeah, maybe that'll change in a few months when she turns 13. (laughs) But yeah, I'm in the happy space where she's very independent. And, you know, there's not a lot of hovering anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally get what you mean. So because you're a life coach, Aurora. Did this career path stem uh, you being a mom or? Yeah, um, no, actually it did not. So mm-hmm. for the longest time, I was in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for almost 20 years. But like everyone went through a particularly very difficult challenge, personal challenge in my life, which kind of shook my world and my ideas about myself. And Mm -hmm. because of that, I realized that I needed help. And, you know, so parang the things that I thought I knew about life, (laughs) that if you work hard and if you do this, you know, things will turn out well. Mm -hmm. That all got shaken up. So I realized I needed help to navigate that challenge. And so I worked with a amazing counselor. Um, I worked with him Mm -hmm. for three years. The work of healing... (laughs) 
and Healing. changing perspectives um is not really overnight yeah. it does not happen you know not even in a year it took 3 years so i did that and at the end um i said wow this is amazing you know to be able to help people like this to kind of you know let them see their life i felt that was really more of the miracle for me was really helping them see their life through new eyes wow and because of that experience i said i would love to do this but not in the space of relationships or grief or you know th- which i felt um, heavy very heavy and were also i guess triggering because those were the things that i had you know overcome yeah that i had to heal from so this was like more than around 10 years ago and i said oh my gosh they found this in this us there's a emerging career at that time called coaching emerging. and i said oh, Oh my gosh. I can do this and it's really about making, you know, well people better. Mm. It's not about healing, it's really about making you, you know, like like a tennis coach, you know, like yes. getting an amazing coach. I have the skills, I have the strengths and how can I be better at life and yeah. my career. The profession of being a life coach. It's it's not something that our parents had before, right? Like you said it was an emerging thing life coaching do you think it's because we're just so distracted as a people that the need for you know life coaches and people seeing your life through different lenses and making you realize that do you think that's why the call for like life coaching or life coaches sort of emerged i think it's because maybe the support systems have changed mm-hmm. i think maybe in okay. the past you know i guess our parents maybe but i think it's all, there's always been a generational gap <laughs> but before mm-hmm. like i think like we could rely on our friends and maybe we all thought the same way like with our friends but now with the expansion of the world and technology you're you're realizing oh wait i don't actually have to think like you and yes. in the past there's also um the church you know which really offered a lot of comfort and solace for a lot of people and that has also changed and again yes. so i think the support systems have have changed in fact it's very funny because when i first enrolled in my coaching school so i studied in the us for for mm-hmm. so it was a 10 month program that so wasn't one of those four days and you can become a life coach uh-uh. it's um it was really a quite a holistic uh, coaching program and she, i was saying yeah what's the difference between a coach and a best friend and she said you know if you have someone in your life who can support you and really see you and accept you for who you are and and see what's you know what's possible and and your potential then you don't need a coach <laughs> but usually yeah. we don't even have that you know a lot of people really come in with their own agenda or they come in with their own judgments and even mm-hmm. even if it comes from the best of intentions it's very hard So with a coach at least she's detached from your life and she sees you for who you are and and accepts you and says yeah you know let's go for that your dream is valid how you're feeling is valid you are worthy of this mm-hmm. i'm giving you don't need my permission but if you need it i'm giving it to you anyway but really the permission you really need is from yourself that sounds like such a nice way to be if you're a mother if you're raising children it seems like that would be the perfect mindset the perfect words that you would say to a child who is just developing diba do you ever apply what you've learned to your own daughter um unfortunately i am i think the worst life coach for my daughter <laughs> 
it's very hard, I, I think, to really be an, an ob- objective person because with mothers, there's so much emotions. And I guess that really helps. That's why you go to a professional, you know, like that's why. But because if you go with a, with your mom, there's so much emotions. There's so much baggage. I think even you're carrying, even if I've gone through my own healing journey, there's yeah. things that... I do carry. Um, it could be generational trauma that needs to be healed. It, it's all these mm-hmm. things. I, you know, so for me, I don't, I don't actually think that I'm a good coach for my daughter, but I would like to think that I try to be a good mom <laughs> to her. Yes. Meaning yes. I care for her needs. I make sure she's happy and loved. So yeah. But that's not what I do for my clients, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I totally get how hard it might be because you also have your own expectations, diba? And it's so impossible to see her life with a, like a new set of eyes because she's your daughter, diba? So it must be so hard. But okay, so for those parents who are listening to the podcast, diba? What do you say when, and let's get right into it, diba? We're supposed to be guiding our children, right? And I always say this is that there's really, the line is blurred between the transition of changing their diaper and providing everything and then letting them walk by themselves, right? The line is really blurred. And for some moms, they really don't get over that, right? So do you think at an early age, parents should be dictating the career paths of their children? I have a very, I guess, visceral reaction to the word dictate. (laughs) Yeah, which comes from the word dictator, right? Yeah, Yeah. we don't want that. So so I think maybe it's really... How can you support your parents, your child's growth? And support. Yeah, because one of the things I've learned, so I've been a career coach. So a lot of my clients really go to me for career coaching. And for me, one of the interesting things that I always point out is, and this is from Adam Grant in his book, Think Again. And he says, mm-hmm. don't choose a career that will actually make you happy, but choose one that will make you actually grow and learn. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do as human beings is really to grow and learn. And of course, the happiness will come from that. You know, once you've achieved a certain level of growth and learning and seeing how far you've come, you're like, oh, oh my God, wow, look at me, right? So I guess going back to being a mother, it's really in everything in their after-school activities, in the school Mm. that you choose, in the career that they are going to pursue. Is this going to help them grow, learn, thrive, and hopefully become happy in it, you know, eventually? Yeah, that matters so much. My son, or he's he just turned six, he loves to dance. He loves to dance. When he hears a song and he really likes it, he can memorize the words to it right away. He's, he's a musical child. But I remember when I was growing up and my cousins were into music as well, my grandparents and uh, my titos and titas would be saying, don't choose a career in music because there's no money in, in that. There, those aren't suitable careers. What do you have to say about that? When kids are showing so much passion and so much love for something and you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. What do you say? Yeah, I think for me, it's really, I always go back. And again, this is one of the things that I really believe in is really check your intention. Where are you coming from? Is that from a place of love or is it from a place of fear? Because that energy is that energy that you put out. If they're unsafe, if they're there, it's an environment where the values don't align with yours, then maybe, yeah, you, you can, you know, bring it up. By you saying that, where are you really coming from? Yeah, where are you? Ah, that's such a, 
and I feel like times have changed also. Parents nowadays, they don't say that as much, right? Yeah, right. I think because mm-hmm. you've seen so much examples of, yes. um, of very successful, like, huh, is that even a career? I mean, even this coaching, is that even a career? Yeah, <laughs> you know, again, yeah. like even my own parents were like, what? you're a very safe job to be a coach. And, you know, and I guess that's what's so good about the openness of information. Mm-hmm. Then you can show evidence. In the past, there was evidence or hard to find, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. my friend's cousin's friend's sister. <laughs> oh, that coach is yeah. successful. Yeah, or was in the music industry and nung six years old, you know, became eventually oh. became a K-pop star. You know, parang, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. but now you're like, but look, look at the Blackpink girls, the new jeans girls, you know. Yes. Yeah, look at BTS, you know. So it's then you can prove, you can say, but it's possible. It is possible. I mean, look at you, 20 years corporate, and then, you know, you switch out, so it really is possible. Do you think, like, the level of fulfillment that you had in corporate, is it different from the level of fulfillment you have with your clients as coach? Right. I think it's quite interesting. You know, that's a that's a really good question. I think what's interesting is that I was also a different person then. You know, it was a different season in my life. So that was the season of achievement, of really being a go-getter, go-getter, mm. <laughs> you know, the yes. whole girl boss, all of that, that grind whole yeah. season. And I think that the corporate world filled that need and fulfilled me in that way. So this mm. new season feels like a different season now. It feels more outwardly. It's not anymore me. It's not like my achievements. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it becomes more outward, like, how can I serve? How can I help? So I can't really come. I mean, both have fulfilled me, but but both are co- completely different. It's not fair, I think, to, to compare them on those different scales. Yes. Yeah. These seasons in your life, Aurora, do you think that our, our kids have them as well? Yeah. Like they have different seasons where they want to be a doctor, where they want to be a pilot, where they want to do this and do that. Yeah, I absolutely believe. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. like everyone really has has their own season. And maybe we'll, we'll be jumping into this. But for a lot of parents who are maybe scared of like, oh my gosh, in their 20s, they keep jumping from job to job. And yeah. my God, kasi ako 15 years in one job, you know, <laughs> like, like all of that, right? So very, again, traditional mindset. I think really that's the season of play. Like your 20s is the season of play. It sounds like you're a toddler. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you know, yeah. in a way, you're graduating from college. And and that is like a, a new toddler stage for you, right? Because you're learning again, you know? Yes. So, so for me, that's a season of play and discovery and adventure. And maybe to allow that. Because, you know, the time will come when we will have to really settle down and to, and then that will be another season of, of you instinctively knowing, you know what, maybe it's time for me to, to enter another stage. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, I think trusting your own personal seasons as a mom, mm-hmm, that maybe mm-hmm. not everything is, because it's hard in the Philippines, everything's always green. <laughs> Oh. And we think that we need to always be perpetually growing, perpetually mm. like thriving. Because like, we never see leaves fall. We never mm. see winter where we're scooped up in our house. Parang it's always action. Because wedding every day you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you think about it, you know, there are seasons. And, and sometimes you, even as a mom, is like, you know what? This is maybe like 
your newborn season is so different from the seven to 11 year old season, which is my favorite season. <laughs> <laughs> that, then it's the best. It's the best. So low maintenance. They can go to the bathroom on their own. Oh my God, it's my favorite because I'm entering the teen season, which, yeah, you know, so parang, I, I think it's honoring your own season as a mom and honoring your child season and, you know, and, and seeing it and not again, Seasons again is not with a timetable, no. Na parang ang haba naman ng si. They take how long they need to take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your tween Aurora. Yes. What does she want to be when she grows up? Have you had that conversation? Yeah, we've had. You know, she it's changed so much. I think now she's quite interested in politics. Now she's ran for the student council. Yeah, I mean, so she that's that's her that's her thing now. Um, I don't know if that will end in, into becoming, you know, a real po- a political career in the future, which is, you know, but there's been lawyer, there's been doctor, there's been K-pop star, there's, you know, there's been, there's been YouTube <laughs> unboxers. Versatile. Yeah. So it it's changed. And for me, I'm just like, yeah, you know, now again, let's, let's play and explore. Yeah, I I like how you're really just making her explore. Me um or our, my husband, he got into politics when we were married. Before that, I was like, don't you dare. Don't you dare get into politics because if we have children, I'm going to take them away from you. I don't want to be in, in, in the light and everything. And so I was really discouraging him. But I feel like it's okay because he's my husband. He's not on my child. So he's not going to get scarred for life, deba. Right? But what do you say about parents who discourage... Or who want to shift, who keep shifting. The Babi said we're supposed to allow them to explore. Like, what advice would you give to parents who are trying so hard to, like, you know, make their children stay in a line? Does that make sense? Again, check your intention. <laughs> Why is it so important for them to be in a line? And again, you think there's like a trauma there? Maybe. Like yeah. Child. Maybe there really is. Maybe that's something that can be healed or at least even explore just question yeah just ask mm-hmm. yourself like where is this coming from in fact some questions that might be useful is why is your child's career path so important to you do you feel that the path they're choosing is a reflection of how you raised them <laughs> why or why not if they choose a different path what do you make it mean about yourself you know yeah, can you actually trust your child and how you raise them to make the right choices for themselves? This is so timely, especially for parents of little kids. So these are like formative years, Deba Aurora. Like this is where you really get them. Their your their relationship with you has to be solid. The values, Deba. Let's say we're not dealing with little kids. How big of a deal is college? in terms of picking career? So I was a business major and I followed the business career path and, mm-hmm. and which is cool. But I think we've all seen examples. <laughs> but again, I did not want to be a business major. I I want I wanted to be a communications major. <laughs> but but yeah. why were you a business major? But then I got into an honors program in the university. So I had to take the, the business um, honors program. But I ended up working in the publishing industry. So again, honoring my interest in communications anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't yes. even take the FMCG finance, all of that, that, that would have been so aligned. So yes, 
I guess college in a way is important, but at the same time, not. Um, it's important in the fact that, yeah, you get grounded in the skills. But again, how many of us actually used our calculus, accounting, <laughs> all those things, our psychology classes? Oh, my God. You know, no, no, we didn't, right? It, I think it was really the discipline of maybe asking questions or critical thinking. It's the relationships, you know, the relationships yes. that you build. So for me, yeah, I guess you need it because I think you won't, especially in the films, you will not get hired. The chances of you getting hired is mm. lower without the degree. Although, again, I have to, you know, preface that, that I have coach clients who have not graduated from college and their intelligence, their skills, they did not need the college education. They are so mm -hmm. amazing. The way they made it work, the way they think, the way they support, the way they go the extra mile, the way, you know, so for me, you know, it, it's so interesting that, you know, like you have this mindset, oh, college is so important. But at the same time, you also, I've worked with people and I'm like, oh, they didn't graduate. And they're so awesome. You know, yeah. even better than some of the college graduates. That's right. That's yeah. right. This is so new to me because when I was a child, like you absolutely had to go to college if you wanted a nice job. Yeah. There was no way you would be intelligent yeah. if you did not go to college. But now you're you're speaking as if, Times have changed. Tech companies, because there are a lot of them who, who hold offices here, right? Mm -hmm. Either BPO industry or even like yeah. real, not even just BPO, just setting up offices here to take advantage of our very highly skilled, <laughs> skilled labor force and low rate. Oh. So I've seen that, that they themselves have been very open-minded about mm. hiring you know, of course it helps. It gets you through the door because the resume, oh, yeah. AI will stop it. <laughs> the AI mm -hmm. itself will stop that. Oh my gosh, did not graduate, you know? So, so mm -hmm. that's a step in, but because of these, um, I guess, companies from, ab from abroad who have set up businesses here and have hired people without college degrees and train them and utilize them and, 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 you know, and, and they're just amazing. And I'm in awe, like for me, I'm in awe because that already comes with a built in, I guess, bias from others, but yeah, at the same, and which they were able to overcome. Your clientele now, Aurora, you were telling me earlier that they're not parents like me. They don't come to you to ask for help for their children, but they're the children. Like you deal with millennials, you said, right? How would you how would you characterize these millennials? What I love about them is how open they are, how mm -hmm. vulnerable they are, how they are willing to actually go to someone like me. You know, because again, uh, us old, older people, it would be like, no, no, I can do it. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm independent. I'm smart. I'm a ch an achiever. I know what to do and I can figure it out on my own. What I love about them is they're saying they're humble enough to say, I can't, I can't figure it out on my own and, and I need help. And I can be vulnerable with someone and, and accept the help that's being offered to me. So that's what I admire and I love about working with millennials and and I think they're willing to do the work I guess because it's not so close yet like yun nga like me alam ko na yan I've heard uh -oh. that now I tried that night did it work and you're like did you really try it or did you just read about it and already closed your mind and said oh that's not gonna work that's not for me you know but but with the clients I coach they're really yeah, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, I'm willing to to actually track my habits. I'm willing to 
make that call. I'm willing to have that difficult conversation. You know, they're coachable now. Yeah. I hope that parents can also be coachable. Like everything you said, I'm sure that the parents who are listening now, if they haven't already been awake, they're they're wanting to support their child or they probably realize that they weren't supporting them enough. What is your advice to give? Like what is step one of making your child feel like you have their backs? I there's this quote that I love. I I, I wonder if I could read it. Um please, yeah, please do. Because I think I actually saved it. And it's such a beautiful quote. I'll read it out loud. Her name's Eilet Waldman. And she says, even if I'm setting myself up for failure, I think it's worth trying to be a mother who delights in who her children are, in their knock-knock jokes and earnest questions. A mother who spends less time obsessing about what will happen or what has happened and more time reveling in what is. A mother who doesn't fret over failings and slights who realizes her worries and anxieties are just thoughts, the continuous chattering and judgment of a too busy mind. A mother who doesn't worry so much about being bad or good, but just recognizes that she's both and neither. A mother who does her best and for whom that is good enough, even if in the end, her best turns out to be simply not bad. Hmm, that's so nice. Where is this from? I don't know. I collect quotes from everywhere. Yes, it's on my Instagram. And when I was going through my Instagram today, I said, I saw it and I said, oh, this is perfect for this. And I think that's it. It's really delighting in your child and being like, just seeing them for the delight. Because I think the world will judge them already. (laughs) The world will tell them no, 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 no already. The world is, will challenge them already. And you can be the soft landing space for them. Now that we're sharing quotes, do you mind, Aurora, if I share one of my Yes, of course. This is from the book, Tekada Setenta, which I finished. Ang inyong mga anak ay hindi nyo anak. Sila'y mga anak na lalakit babae ng buhay, na naghahanap ng sariling saysay. Nagdaan sila sa inyo, ngunit hindi iyo, at bagamat sila ay inyong pinalaki, wala silang pananagutan sa inyo. Marahil ibinigay niyo ang inyong pag-ibig, ngunit di ang inyong isip sapagkat sila ay may sariling kaisipan. Maaring masilid niyo ang kanilang katawan, ngunit di ang kanilang kaluluwa, ngunit di ang kanilang kinabukasan. It really just struck me is because we really don't own them, right? We have no right to box them in anything. The best that we can do is really just support them and let them find themselves, right? And just, I think, let them know that whatever happens, they will be safe here. They will be loved here. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel that you and I are not there yet, especially when they get to their college, after college, their experimentation age, because I'm sure that they're going to be pushing boundaries. And, you know, no matter how cool you are, no matter how, how skilled you are as a coach, diba? I'm sure that your buttons are going to get pushed, diba? So what advice do you have for parents who are currently going through something like this? They have fresh grads as children. They've been jumping from one job to another, diba? How, 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 do, you, uh, how do you support How do you support, support the them? mom? Yeah. I think yeah. number one, it's normal to worry. I think, you know, it's normal to have feelings of, of that, of worry, of fear, 
and I think don't beat yourself up for worrying and don't beat yourself up for for raising your voice or or making you know or or judging them because sometimes it's really hard you do have that and don't beat yourself for being unpopular also <laughs> i remember my daughter was you know i mean we had a fight and she said you know you're not a cool mom and i said i don't care i need you to to sleep um early because you will be a grumpy girl when you wake up tomorrow and and no one needs that no one needs that energy to start the day so i said so i don't care if i'm not the cool mom now so it's okay to not be the cool mom as well. And it's okay to also be the mom and not the friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think really, I guess do a check. Um, Am I doing my best? You know, are there parts where I can do better? Are there parts where I'm doing too much and, <laughs> and need to scale back? And are there parts where it's, am I coming out from that space of, of, being a loving parent or am I coming from that space of pushing an agenda again am I so stuck on the idea of what should be that I'm having a difficult time accepting what is and maybe now the what is is something that I can see you know gifts in like I can see and find even gratitude for for this for this time because you know wow look at you you've raised a 12 year old you were you've been a mom a pretty okay mom for 12 years yeah. you know so wow yeah what an accomplishment yeah i mean when we were when we were all new moms you know the first two weeks were like what is this yes. <laughs> what what did i say yeah what what did, what did i get into you're like oh my god oh. will i even survive the first month of life of your child yeah yeah you know and here you are you know you've been a mom for six years 12 years 18 years 30 years and you can just say wow you know you did you did your best you, you did your best as a child aurora were your parents did they give you any career advice career path did they did they have a preference for you yeah i think definitely that's why i had to take the management <laughs> Yeah, the ah, business honors course. Yeah. So yeah, so it was again very traditional. They did have their own preferences. And I guess it really was a function of, of growing up at that time, you know, yeah, seventies and eighties. Yeah. And you listened to them, you took their advice. I think it wasn't a matter of listening more than I had no choice. No I choice to go to college. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it wasn't that, but I guess where I kind of rebelled is when, when I was 23, so I, was, I worked in a, an FMCG company my first two years, but at 23, there was a publishing uh, job that was open and, you know, it was really starting up, like no, no career certainty, like you didn't know where this company was going. And, and I just said, uh, I'm just going to try it. And I was like, I'm only 23. If it doesn't work out, I can always go back. And I think that what did they say? say they just let it go and I think that's mm. also because they understood that at a certain point you're making your own money paying your own taxes <laughs> if you're not yeah. growing up yet you know it's like what can you do oh. you just have to let go so and I guess that's also one thing maybe as uh, if you're a mom with with children making choices that you don't agree with is understand that your children can course correct you have course corrected <laughs> You have made bad decisions <laughs> and have said, okay, whoops, wrong, either U-turn or turn right, turn left. 
you can always course correct. Your child can also course correct. <laughs> you know? I see. Yeah. So, mga millennials na, uh, na clients mo, Aurora, kasi syempre, parents are older, to listen to your parents, diba? And sometimes, of course, the student can pave their own way. But are there times when you're like, you have to listen to your parents because they make sense? I always believe, like, the way I coach, it's always, always believe in listening to your inner wisdom. That is how the space I create for them. And if it comes up like, oh, my mom keeps saying, my mom keeps saying, then we explore. We go down the path. Why is what your mom's saying so important? You know, or sometimes if they have hear critical voices, I ask, whose voice is that? <laughs> mm. You know, and, and then we, we go down the path or I ask them, you know, like, why is it so important? Why is it so important? Then again, it goes back to their inner voice. Like, why is your mom's approval so important? Is that still necessary? Is that still validating you? What if you can give that validation to yourself? Because if you're always going to look externally for validation, it will never end. No matter, it is an unsustainable way of living. Because you will keep filling, 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 and it will never get full. Because someone else is always, and not everyone can can 100% validate you all the time. That's true. Even the most loving mom, because the loving mom will say, I'm not the cool mom, I'm the loving mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do we avoid that? How do we avoid that as parents, Kay Aurora? Are we not supposed to keep validating our children? Of course, I think you should. Again, it's always uh-huh. you delight in your children, guys. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, again, but this is all your own different values. Um, For me, you know, for me, I feel I'm very, I'm, I've been very amazed at how I have a very, very confident child. I have no idea how she ended up that way because I was not a confident child, but she's a very confident child. So she doesn't even need my validation. So for me, yes, I think validate. Um, Because again, people will say, you know, you have the teachers who will say, this is what you can improve. And then I think that's what happens is, we get so stuck on that. In fact, I think even when we're working, we're all like, yeah, your boss says oh, five good things. And then he says the one bad thing about you, like the one thing that you can improve. And that's the only thing you remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the only thing you're like, what? Oh my God, why? Oh no, I'm such a bad employee. And, and so maybe you can really create this space in your children's lives where you are the one who says you're amazing yeah you're great you're great you're great it does yes of course we can all improve yes you know you you can do better there but you know you're still great you're because you're still great in singing (laughs) you're great in music you know yeah this goes back to what you were saying earlier and that just just be that safe space right just be that safe space yeah Okay, let's go back to career. Yeah. Earlier, we were talking about like the different stages in life and the different seasons that we have as individuals. When it comes to passion versus profit, does that also shift in seasons, you think? I think the passion, okay, I guess this it goes back to, to mindset, um, the passion versus profit um, discussion. So for me, again, this is my personal set. Again, take it or leave it. This is my personal experience. My personal experience has always been, and my personal mantra and mindset has always been do what you love and the money will follow. And 
And because I've had that mindset, it actually really comes true. <laughs> it actually, again, my thoughts really reflect my reality because I do what I love. The money has followed, you know, but again, this is my mindset. But if this isn't, and, and I think what happens when we have that passion versus profit, it's actually a false dichotomy because you're putting one opposite the other. When we have, again, seen evidence of passion, of being passionate at something has become profitable. The publishing company that I worked in, you know, it was a passion project that has really become very successful. So it's a false dichotomy. However, mm -hmm. there's also other mindsets that you can adopt, such as mm -hmm. your job is only one part of your life. It's not your entire life or your identity. Your job can have the purpose of making money to support the rest of your life. Your mindset could be, it is a work to live, not live to work. <laughs> you oh, know, yes. So again, it really comes to to your mindset. And that's something you really have to explore and, and see what your beliefs are. Because again, your beliefs, again, this is this why I always go in, it's inside going out. That, that That's really as within, so without. So if your thoughts really reflect your reality. So if your reality is, you know, my work is my identity. Because I think what happens also is that Steve Jobs has given us that, that whole idea, right? That you have to find the one thing. And if not, nothing else. Nothing else matters. And and I say that works for Steve Jobs. That has worked for Steve Jobs. But we're not all Steve Jobs. We're all different. We all have our own path and our own journey. It seems like um, coaching has opened you up to the world of intrapersonal communication and how important that is, right? And I wish they really stressed this, just how to reflect, right? I, I hope that they teach kids this, um, just how to look inwards and have that conversation with yourself, just so you can weigh all of the options. Yeah, one goal yeah, that's been very important is really journaling. I think mm. journaling as... Um, it's going beyond dear diary and just say, this is what happened today. And, you know, like yeah. uh, my crush, <laughs> I like my crush. <laughs> I know. So, oh, that's how it started. Yeah, yeah, but that's how it started. And that's cool. And and I think that you, we all start somewhere. But I think really, if you can have, if you can look at your journal as a way to deeply connect with yourself and really ask yourself these questions, like, why am I pushing this agenda? Why? And really ask why, why, but why, why, what's it going to give me? What will I gain if my child follows this agenda? What will I lose if my child doesn't? And is it okay that I lose that? And what, what will my child gain <laughs> if she follows my agenda? And what will she lose if she follows my agenda? People think that hopping from one career to another, you know, just if you keep changing your course, you're fickle, dubai, wala kang paninindigan, and things like that. But could it also be because your child is having some sort of existential crisis, maybe? Your kid is having, right? Yeah, or maybe it's again, they're exploring. Your values don't align. And I think that's what's so wonderful now with the millennials and maybe the Gen Z who are entering mm. um, the workforce already is that they really look at those questions like, what is your environmental response? What is your COVID response? You know, how did you oh, support wow. your employees during COVID? And then seeing those questions saying, oh, okay, if that's how you treated them during the worst time in, in the world history that we remember, right? How will you support me then in good times? You know, so then maybe no. Yes. And I think that's what's so interesting is that it's not just 
when I started where it's like, oh, will this job pay me well? <laughs> you know, that was, mm. that was it. They told, but now it's like, how will it support my passions? How will it support my life? How aligned are my values with the, the corporate values with my own values? Are they just saying it like greenwashing or, uh, you know, the diversity <laughs> claims, you know, the inclusion claims and how are they really putting it into practice? So these are sometimes questions that I ask that I tell my clients to ask during the interview. Yeah. I'm always saying, now that you know, especially if they have left jobs that they were unhappy with, I'm like, now that you know what you know about mm-hmm. yourself, maybe these are questions then you can ask during the interview process. Because once you're in, you know, of course you can leave, but at least, yeah. but once you're in, it's it's harder. And at least now you know. Yung mga existential crises na to, Aurora, do you think that people who go through them can they avoid it? Is there a way to avoid something like that? Or is it something that you just have to write out? I think you know the answer. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, first of all, you know, I think the word crisis might be putting it. Yeah, might be too much because we have gone through a crisis. The pandemic mm. crisis so was quite, now we, now we know what the crisis really is, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe, uh, I think, number one, accept that it's normal. Everyone normal. Do it. Everyone. So existential. How do you? Okay, if it's not a crisis, mid quarter, okay. I'm hitting my thirtieth birthday crisis. I'm hitting my fortieth mm. birthday crisis. <laughs> Midlife crisis. My oh my gosh, how come I haven't? I how come all my friends are married and I'm not yet married? Crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, like so all of that. So I think number one, accept that these are all that your feelings around these things are all valid and that. People all go through it. Everyone goes, you're not alone. You're not alone. And and maybe, again, this is a great time to, to, to ask, like, why, why am I feeling this way? If I actually went down that path, what will that give me? Do I really want that path? Or is that just society telling me to want that path, but it's not something I want just yet? You know, so I think really asking, I think applying critical thinking to the thoughts that come up. So asking yourself, is that really true? Is that really what I want? Or is that what everyone says I should want? But but no. And if it is true, is there something I can do about it? Yeah. And if it's not true, because we're always, people are always saying, let go. Let go of that. Wag mo nang isipin. Uh, it's like, uh, no, you cannot not isipin something, right? You always mm. have to find a thought that can replace that. A more powerful thought that can replace it. So That's maybe, interesting. Maybe it's like, for example, if you're going through, why are all my friends so successful in their jobs and I'm still here where I am? And then maybe you can realize wait a minute, all of them start was in that career for five, 10 years already. I just finished my MBA or I'm just starting in this new path again. And maybe I'm in the season of growing and learning. And that is the more powerful thought you can take with you rather than just a good vibe, you know, a good vibe or finding a thought that serves you. I love that. I, I have learned so much in this 48-hour conversation. <laughs> I feel like I am a millennial <laughs> clientele of yours. But before I let you go, Aurora, because I know you're you're very, very busy, what's the most common career advice that, that you give to your clients, you find? Yeah, actually, again, I don't give advice. <laughs> My, I really, again, I'm all about 
listening to your inner wisdom. That is how I coach. The wisdom comes from you. It's not from me. So I don't give advice. But if there is a mantra that's, you know, that I keep, aside from do what you love and the money will fall, but if there's a mantra that I keep and that I like to remind my clients about is that you are not your work. Yeah, your job is just one part of a well-lived life. There are also your family, your friends, your creativity, your spirituality, your home, and everything that interests you, your strengths. Your job is just one part of that. It doesn't have to be your identity or your purpose or your reason for being. <laughs> and one of the things also is people sometimes put so much pressure on their work to deliver meaning to their lives, to deliver everything. So it could be whatever it is that you could be putting pressure on your marriage, on your child, on your work to be the thing that delivers the meaning, the purpose, the fulfillment. And maybe that's not fair on the thing you're asking it to do. Maybe all you're there for is just be part of your life and you get your meaning, your purpose from all of that. Well said, Aurora. Thank you so much. If there's anyone listening who might want to get in touch with you for some coaching, how do they how do they find Yeah, you? so you can find me on my website at auroramsuarez.com. I'm also on Instagram um, at at your heart crafted life. So instead of handcrafted, it's heart crafted. So your heart crafted life. Thank you, Aurora, for guesting. I had so much fun. I learned so much. Thank you so much again for inviting me. It was so wonderful to have this conversation with you this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful questions. <laughs> thank you. Mother of Fact is proudly an Anima podcast. Check out other great content by following Anima online at AnimaPods on Twitter and Instagram. Digging the podcast so far? Leave a rating and don't be shy to record a voice message for me. You might just end up in the next episode. Click the link in the description or hit me up online. It's at Ricky Flow.